1: Fears. 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 Weather. Fears. Food. Fears.
0: Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. I am Joey Nolfe, and I clearly was not raised on those muzzy VHS tapes from the 90s because I just butchered the traditional French greeting, but that's okay. You're all well-versed in the French tongue by now after getting through all of Drag Race France, hosted by the Queen of France herself, Nikki Dahl, who joins EW's Binge podcast today for a special episode, a recap of Drag Race France, and a preview of the final episode's battle for the crown between Soa de La Le Grandin, and Paloma. In this interview, Nikki reveals that she and production were actively trying to get Isabelle Huppert, acting legend and all-around queen for the judging panel, which is an admission that just, my mouth is still on the floor. Um, Nikki talks about that emotional moment on the episode 6 panel where she made a big admission about her time on season 12. She dives into that reaction to Kitty Smiles' feedback for Lolita Banana on the runway. And of course, she previews the dramatic, emotional, yes, she promises tears finale that awaits them all. Enjoy the episode. Bonjour, Nikki Doll. How are you? Hi, Joey. How are you? I am doing so great. I am so thankful and so happy to have you here. But, like, I truly cannot lie. I'm finding, like, the power to get through life after getting up off the floor over that lip sync between Bertha and Lolita Banana. (laughs) I cannot believe you made us feel such sad emotions on Drag Race France. Nikki Doll, how dare you? (laughs) Well, you know what? I have
1: tried to really... um secure your heart by not showing how emotional it was because I think it was 70% even more emotional on set. It was such, so incredible and one of the most powerful lip syncs I've ever seen. And um, I'm very happy for them because they really get to showcase their, their craft. But also for French drag, I think it's being received so well. Uh, and not just by Funko Fun, I think people around the world are really connecting with the show and, and it's great. I'm really happy.
0: Yeah, no, it is. This season is really next level. It has been such a pleasure to watch these past few weeks. And I can't thank you enough for being here on the podcast today. You're always such a divine pleasure to talk with. And we're going to get into a preview of the final episode, which is going to be a major competition between Soa de Muse, Paloma, and La Grande Dame, the first top three of Drag Race France. But I first want to recap some of the best moments of the season before we get to the preview. And honestly, I mean, what an entertaining and surprisingly emotional season this was and i was really interested to see how a drag race set would look under nikki doll's reign and i thought you did a lovely job but i do have one bone to pick with you though nikki i need you to explain okay. why we didn't get Isabel huppert as a guest judge why is that
1: because we want you to tune in for the future seasons
0: <laughs> <laughs> her name
1: was actually uh on the table when we were sketching the the first season and i think it was mostly little inside tea. I think it was mostly scheduling, but we were, we wanted to have her for
0: sure. Oh my God. You did. You legitimately were trying to get her. Of course. <gasps> of course. She's an icon. She's a legend. She is the moment. Oh my God. But it was just scheduling. We could have had Isabelle Huppert on the panel and it was just a scheduling issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! I was totally joking, but I am like my mouth is on the floor now, knowing that we could have had Isabel
1: Upera. Oh, we <laughs> we 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 totally totally tried, and she was actually interested. So you know, Nikki well, Doll. I would say never. <sighs> You are going to get me a heart attack on this line right now. I, I, I got you Jean-Paul Gaultier on episode one. You think I can't you get you Isabelle Lupin? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, this is just, I mean, that's just such a testament to how iconic this season was. I mean, it really, truly was great. And I have to, let's go back to the start. We got to talk about all of this greatness from the beginning. Um, when you were announced as the host, though, it was interesting to see some of the reaction to your place on the panel. Yeah. Obviously, I think disproved now, but how did you react initially to that chatter? about people like daring to question your qualifications to be a head judge
1: um, you know I I have a, I really surprised myself since season 12 to how well I handle haters or people that try to question my uh, legitimacy I think I always try to approve by example uh, and second of all I always ask myself if these people are trying to do anything in another language so I can judge them too which mm-hmm. they don't <laughs> Uh <laughs> And then when it comes to the host, I've always asked myself, can they name me one host that won a season? Mm. They can't. Mm-hmm. So thereof, mm-hmm. uh, I had, you know, a free path to really try and prove myself. Now, uh, I think that if there's one queen that loves her country and I have been vocal about it since the very beginning, it has been me. I am a French drag queen that uh, do drag in the US. Uh, but whatever you come, Back in France and see me do my thing in my language. It's a whole different monster that you're dealing with, because I am, you know, way more in control of what I say. I don't have to translate everything. So I think people got to really see who Nikido Nikido is in full form on Drag Race France, and I think I've been received really well. And uh, and the people that were questioning if I was if I would be good got their answer and they're now uh, you know rooting for for the show and for me as a host so mission accomplished
0: absolutely and you looked so good this season i mean some of these looks were just incredible and i think that it's i mean criticize sort of like the, the whole criticism at the beginning to me it it says a lot about what certain people think the drag race contestants worth is like defined only by their time on drag race. And that's just not exactly. fair. Like you are this artist outside of this, of this franchise as important as this franchise is like, you have a career outside of the franchise too. Exactly. I think that people need
1: to be a fan of drag and not just drag race and whatever you do on drag race. you know, at the end of the day to competition, not everybody is made to do well under pressure, but that doesn't define your, your level in drag. And, uh, and I think that people need to remember
0: that. Absolutely. And I think it was also really nice to see Drag Race France welcome so many different types of drag into the fold here. And I also loved on episode two, we welcomed some handsome drag kings for the Rock and Roll Mini Challenge. So what was the inspiration yes. for bringing them on and the importance of like highlighting them on this stage?
1: Well, I, I wanted to really uh, make sure that even though the the, the 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 drag competition is for drag queens, we can still, as a community, support each other and do the promotion of each other. So we had drag queens that were, you know, available and related to uh, some people uh, in the crew, and I thought that we could, you could, we could include them in the mini challenge. And um, I, I didn't think much of it. I thought, oh, this is going to be a cute little moment. They're going to be able to connect it to the, the franchise, and and we're going to be able to promote their show. But I didn't realize how much of an impact it would have around the world for the drag king community because people were really touched by it. And, um, and I think that, you know, hopefully we'll see a drag king competition happens around because we can see that there is obviously an audience for it. So um, I'm excited to see what the drag king community will have to in the future for us.
0: Me too. Yes. Maybe season two of Drag Race France. <laughs> <laughs> well there were I mean this season like we're saying there was a lot of emotional moments there was a lot of emotional eliminations this season that you had to decide so yeah. I have to know since there, it seemed to be very close between a lot of people and I'm thinking especially that lip sync on episode 3 between Soa and La Brioche so was there anyone who maybe almost stayed over someone else throughout the competition like any elimination where you went into the bottom two thinking that you knew who you were going to eliminate but then the lip sync changed your mind you know what
1: I, I can even give you one example i think that happened many times if not almost all the time i think mm-hmm. these girls were so talented they were so individually unique also so it, it was really hard to always choose uh someone to eliminate first because as a as a queen that competed i know what it feels like to to hear your name so yeah. i know how hard it is but second of all because truly it was a hard decision to make so like you said uh, when the lip sync against abrioshin so uh happened i it was really hard but also the first elimination was tough the one with ellipse and and uh, paloma yeah it's 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 hard it's hard because these girls were really good but at the end of the day and that's what i say almost at the end of each episode when you know war is happening online because people are not happy Mm -hmm. i always say instead of being upset of who's eliminated just uh, celebrate the fact that we have a cast of of icons and at the end of the day every single week is going to be it's going to be tough because they're all so good And that's just, uh, you know, a testament of their craft and a testament of the first season.
0: Yeah. And I liked that you also gave each departing queen like a nice personalized note that was very emotionally charged. And I feel like that was the Nikki speaking from experience who knows what it's like to sort of sashay away from the show. And hearing that kind of encouragement as you leave the stage, I I kind of felt like that was injected personally by you.
1: Yeah, I, um, you know, when I when I was trying to figure out what the, the DNA of my host uh, gig would be. I never saw myself as a mother, first of all, bitch, because I'm 31 years old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, because I felt that I would be more like a big sister, you know, full of empathy because yeah. I've been through it. And um, and I think I think what I was trying to do with these girls is that I was trying to erase all the trauma when mm-hmm. when their time was up on Drag Race because if there's one thing that Michelle Bissach told me that really changed my whole trajectory is after watch a she said to me, drag race starts when drag race ends. Yeah. And that sentence alone really changed everything because that's when I you know, lifted my sleeves and started to work. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to do that with every single girl when they were eliminated to remind them that this was just a microcosmos. Their failure on the show does not define their, their career or their future. And now it's time to get to work. You have the platform, you have the visibility, you have an audience that loves you. Use it while you can.
0: Yes. Absolutely. That was a beautiful message that definitely came through. And I thought another beautiful thing on this season, obviously, Snatch Game. It was so good. And usually with the international versions, like, you know, there's a lot of references that are specific to the region or celebrities that are specific to the region that I sometimes don't necessarily understand. But this one was like universally hilarious. And it, it made me think of the fact that we never got to see Nikki Doll do Snatch Game. Who were you going to do on season 12? You know what? You guys miss missed out because I wanted to do
1: um, Marie Antoinette, but I wanted to do Marie Antoinette as Perry Silton in Simple Life. So completely <laughs> disconnected from the peasants, just fully so privileged, but very kind-hearted and a little dumb. Oh, I would have loved to have seen that. Yes. I would have loved to do it too. <laughs> but to be honest, it was kind of iconic to host Snatch Game when I've never been a Snatch Game character. <laughs>
0: you you could have hosted as marie antoinette as paris hilton that's true but i didn't want to take the spotlight from the (laughs) (laughs) spoken like a true queen yes um no this episode it also did bring us a i think this was the episode this is episode four where there was the use of this lifting has been denied in this territory for the u.s it was so funny oh my god i have got so much enjoyment out of this like what is going on there And you
1: know what the thing is, it took France maybe a day to realize that that's what was happening around the world. But (laughs) I was watching it from New York. So then when the Lip Sync starts, mind you, I was on set, so I know exactly what's going on. And then I hear this like Sims soundtrack. And I'm like, wait, what is going on? And I thought that it was like a bug or something. So I restarted the episode, played again. I'm like, no, there's something happening. (laughs) And first episode, the first time it happened, I I found it camp as hell, super hilarious. And then when it happened the following week, I said, okay, now we have an issue. <laughs> we need to fix this. Thank God that was the only two times. And apparently it was related to rights that cannot be bought worldwide because some of these artists, I don't know exactly what happened, but yeah. yeah. Milen Farmer, who is honestly our French Madonna. She's an icon. Yeah. Uh, she, she never sells the rights of
0: Libertine anywhere else. Mm-hmm. She just never sells it. Now in episode six. Um, was also a big moment for you. Uh, you asked the dreaded who should go home question and you got very emotional. You said that you had to ask the question even though you hated answering it on season 12. So like, were you conflicted about yeah. like, like what did you feel when you like the confliction of having to like ask them that question? What was going on in your mind?
1: Um, well, it, it was a very mirror moment because that, that was my last episode. That's when I said my own name. So yeah. I knew what this question can make make you feel. But at the same time, now that I was on the other side of things, I also knew how important that question was uh, because I think it really either light a fire in you or, um, or it can break you. And I think that um, seeing how Lolita was taking it, which was very similar to how I was taking it. um, It was also a way for me to help someone in that situation. And also personally and selfishly to erase some of my Last trauma. So when she said her own name, I decided to step in and tell her, like, I did the same mistake, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm upset at myself for, for, for being weak at that moment. Do not do the same mistake as me, so she can correct it on time. And I think it made her feel better, and it made me feel better from the past. So it yeah. was a, it was a, it was a good experience. But it is a tough question to hear because what people don't really understand is that it is a competition, but you really build a sisterhood with. The only people in the room that are going through the same thing than you. And when these same people are saying your name, it is the most crushing thing you yeah. can think of. So, do you think that that's like a vital question that still needs to be asked? I think it is. I think, but I think it is incredibly important for people that apply for the show to prepare themselves for it. Right. So they are a little more, a little less emotionally connected to it. Because it is, at first, it's part of the game. It's good TV. We know that. But it's not. Why are we doing it? We're doing it because it is important for people to either get out of their comfort zone and really push themselves because people think that they are the weakest link. And I think seasons after seasons, we have been proven that whoever the girl thinks that is the weakest link is not always the case. Right. So I think it's good for that person that is targeted to also wake up
0: at that moment Mm -hmm. and and prove them bitches that they're wrong. Right. (laughs) Well, I did love what you touched on this a little bit. I like that when Lolita said herself, you told her that you regretted every day doing the same thing on season 12. So can you explain a little bit more of why you reacted so strongly to her doing that and, and that sort of, I guess, regret that you have carried so intensely since doing that on season 12?
1: Yeah, I think that when... The, the, the little Nikki doll that you met on season 12 was a very green queen in the U S and I was very uh, polite and I was trying to not make too much noise or take too much space, which is really not very American of me. <laughs> so, so I think that when, when that happened, I was just, I just felt already um, like an outsider. I was not part of the the group. You know, I was not wearing pink. It was not Wednesday and I couldn't sit yeah. with them. I just yeah. felt like a loser at all times because, Even though the girls were nice and kind to me, I never felt fully accepted. And so I was already setting myself for failure because I wasn't making the space, pushing the girls on the side to really uh, um, feel included. Mm -hmm. And uh, and when I got eliminated, I was like, why did you do this to yourself? They didn't do it to you. You removed yourself from it.
0: It all reminds me, especially what you're saying and talking about isolation and feeling like an outcast on that season. I feel like I saw a lot of that in... Lolita as well Um, I mean she was such an important figure this season talking about her Mexican heritage as well as the importance of understanding that undetectable equals untransmissible with HIV but people were I mean on episode seven I I feel like I'm seeing a lot of people talk about the judge's reaction to her uh, makeover um, especially what Kitty Smiles said about her not being gimmicky and the use of cultural elements to balance like the yeah. French and the Mexican identities in her art. So I'm just w- wondering if you stand by that assessment, especially like given what you said about season 12, where you were coming as this international queen who was like, you know, among a bunch of American Queens. Yeah.
1: Well, I, so one thing about uh, what Kitty smile said, I think, um, with the edit, it looks very questionable. Like you you cannot like raise one eyebrow and be like, bitch, what did you say? But that's not what he meant. What he meant was and I think um we didn't have the full of course we have to synthesize two days of shooting into sixty right. minutes. So it's really yeah. hard to get everything. What he was trying to say is because Dolita Banana is of course a very proud Mexican queen and we love she brings the whole, but she does have the thing where she always uses a banana, or like there, there was always something a little camp that she, you know, like Max wearing only gray hair. Like there's some queens have a shtick, you know, and I think that he was trying to say to her to not always use the same sticks at all time because we want to see also who she is besides being just someone that is the representative of her, of her culture. We also want to know what type of queen is. But Lolita,
0: I mean, I just thought it was an interesting point to bring up because. You were also, I think, in a similar position as the only French queen on season 12. So maybe finding that, you know, speaking to the relatability of finding that balance between representing your heritage and culture as a French queen immersed in a different country but i think that yeah i think i think it's important for for queens that are
1: international and living in a different culture that um it's not their duty to only be a spokesperson for their culture they can also be themselves and 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 shine as the performer that they are not just for where they're from and i think that sometimes and and I, i saw myself do it i arrived with a with a sailor outfit and i was wearing a beret at some point if i would have continued this all the way then i would have been like am i just a french queen or am i Nikki doll Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we were trying to, to do with Lolita is like, you are such an incredible performer besides being a beautiful queen from your amazing country with such a rich heritage, but also show us, you know, what, what you like, who you are mm-hmm. on top of that. And I think, um, uh, was not always well received because that's a very touchy mm-hmm. point to bring up. You know, there's ne- yeah. there's never a good way to say it
0: <laughs> really. Well, that all brought us to this final episode coming up. I mean, unfortunately, Lolita left us, but we do have Soa, Paloma, La Grande as the final three. So what can you tease about what they are going to be tasked with in the finale? How does this finale stack up?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I think this is going to be a lovely, lovely finale. I think this top three is extremely strong. Uh, These girls have shown us um, day after day how... Amazing competitors and performers and queens they are, and uh, this is going to be—you're going to expect some lip sync, expect some, expect some uh, choreography, <laughs> and amazing fashion, and uh, maybe some tears. And a drag race winner that actually is French. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that did not happen yet because
0: I did not win. It hasn't happened yet. No, and I loved the glee in your voice when you said, and maybe some tears. So this is a very emotional finale. You know, I think I cried at every single episode.
1: It was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was very intense. We didn't show every time. I didn't have individual lashes
0: on my cheeks every time, but it did happen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, what can you tease about the final runways and how they deliver there? Oh, the, the, the final runway is,
1: is jaw dropping. And I think I will leave it at that because you deserve to discover
0: it on your own. Yes, absolutely. Well, we cannot wait to see, um, what happens on the Drag Race France season one finale. Nikki Doll, thank you so much for being with me today. Why don't you tell everyone when and how they can watch the Drag Race France finale?
1: Sure. So you guys can watch Drag Race Friends finale on Wild WoW Presents Plus if you are not in France or Canada. On Canada, in Canada, it will be on Crave Canada, and in France, will be on France TV
0: slash, and all going to be on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait for you guys to see it. And Wild WoW Presents Plus in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Wild WoW Presents Plus <laughs> in the U.S. Nikki, thank you so much, and congratulations on a wonderful season. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you soon, Nikki. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. To keep the conversation going, follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. And tag me at Joey Nolfe. If you like what you heard, subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave us a stunning review. This episode of Quick Drag is produced by Sammy Junio, Lauren Klein, Chanel Johnson, and Jillian Cederholm, and was edited by Lauren Klein. Full episode reports are available at EW.com.